When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, kool Welcome to the Barca Talk Cafe. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the sweltering hot Spanish capital of Madrid, Spain. And joining me this week in the Barca Talk Cafe is Troy Cadet back in the States. Troy, ¿qué tal? ¿Cómo estás? Good morning uh, to us in the U.S. and good afternoon to you, Gabriel. Uh, we have a lot to discuss. Uh, we're going to try to do this quickly and efficiently because right now we're in the dead of heat here. We're recording. You can see I'm in my blackout living room right now trying to survive the coolness. I have turned off the air conditioning to try to... It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Preserve the utmost audio quality because you know how much I love audio quality here. Uh, on the podcast, so uh, we have <laughs> we have that. So today's on today's show, we're going to talk about Lewandowski. We're going to talk about the USA tour, and of course, we have some questions from our patrons, uh, going over a myriad of, of different topics. Before we get into that, just want to highlight our Patreon community. We have just started adding a weekly trivia. How did you do this week? Horrible, horrible, just like I've been doing. <laughs> I'm at the bottom of the barrel, so of course you'd bring it up. <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of the things I was thinking of adding to the group because it's funny in my my normal day-to-day job, just looking at how people interact with quizzes for our brand, it's crazy. So I was like, you know, I'm going to just put two and two together and it's been gangbusters. Everyone has been enjoying it in our Patreon community. Uh, it's a mixture of Barca and football trivia. In the upcoming weeks, I will add more La Liga trivia, but uh, I know the EPL trivia is definitely uh, tripping up some people because obviously we are... Barca focused, but yes, it, it's a lot of fun. It's four questions every week, and every three months we're going to have a Amazon gift winner for fifty dollars. So hopefully, will that. And also, Troy, I know that you're very active in our WhatsApp community, but I really enjoy the WhatsApp community, especially like right before we got into recording. Just the back and forth we have with everyone about you know we were just talking about the financial situation, the signings, and it's it 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 really gets me going every day because I really enjoy the banter that we have in the group. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. I mean, yeah, I say something at least in there, uh, you know, every day. But uh, I really do enjoy like l- l- looking and reading at everybody's comments. You know, their opinions of things that are going on. Uh, you know, obviously, we've had a lot to talk about here this summer. 
uh, which was to be expected. Um, but yeah, it's just great to, and then obviously it's a global community. We got people from all over the world in there. So it's fantastic on the opinions, the pitchers, you know, uh, everything that's going on Barca. So, uh, I love it. I love it. I look forward to popping WhatsApp, uh, open every morning and, and starting my day reading that, you know, what was going on, you know, during the night. So, yeah, and I think especially now that Barcelona is in the U.S. and some of our patrons are going to the to the matches and so forth, like Barca Mama that shared us her her nail polish that she has ready for for the for the upcoming games. I think we get really excited and really supportive about everyone's different experiences to like, especially in the U.S. now to go see Barcelona in training in these matches. So I think that's a really cool way to connect with others. Uh, you know, when you don't have the outlet on a daily basis to speak Barcelona. So I, I I'm there with you too. I really enjoy getting the daily updates and all and so forth. Well, uh, let's get into some of the news items for Barcelona. Let's talk about first about Lewandowski. Since we last had a show, Lewandowski is officially signed. He has now joined the team in training and so forth. How are you feeling with this official signing of Lewandowski to FC Barcelona? Yeah, I- I'm happy about it. Uh, he's going to bring goals. I think we all know that. Uh, you know, 52 goals, 51 goals, something like that last year. He's been doing that consistently. I'm sure he's going to do the same here. I don't know if he'll hit 50 goals because we're so front-loaded right now, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but either way, he brings much-needed firepower. Lots of games that we had last year that we needed to score, and we just couldn't score because of that low block. So I'm hoping that you know putting him on that pitch will open that up in a way uh, that we haven't seen in, in some time, uh, obviously since Messi left and maybe even a little bit before that. Um, but uh, so yeah, I'm excited about it. It was expensive, certainly was expensive. We're pulling the levers, obviously, to to get these funds uh, to do what we have to do to get these big name players in here and and start winning again. But uh, I'm excited and looking forward to it. When I think of pulling the levers, I don't know why I think of this. It's really dumb and really immature. But I just think of like the Oompa Loompas from yeah. Willy Wonka pulling the levers behind <laughs> yep. the scenes for like all the money. You know, it's, it's like kind of money like here, money here, money here. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's really. <laughs> Yeah, and it's even funny to say because I was watching this sports show uh, before we came on to record, and they actually had like a, a literally uh, Photoshop picture of someone pulling a lever, and I was just like, "Yes, I, I I understand the analogy." So, yeah, I'm there with you. You know, I think obviously Lewandowski's clinical finish is going to definitely help us in those matches where, you know, definitely you know last season there was five to seven matches where we could have used a clinical striker that would have gave us three points. You know, to, to definitely. Uh, catch up with Real Madrid in La Liga. I think in La Liga, that's really where he's going to be having a, a feast. You know, I think uh, the way he moves and and I talked with Craig last week. You know, I think personally that he may have more than five headers. You know, this this season. And I know that's a big ask, but I think it's possible. And I think he's such a smart mover of the ball. Again, I just can't get over how clinical he is. I know in the Bundesliga through the season he was able to have you know hat tricks left and right, but I think you know. It, with the presence that he's going to have, it's really going to be something. And he's going to give others the space. Like Ansu's going to find more space, and Ferran Torres is going to find more space, and Pedri's going to find more space, because now the defense has to be really focused on on Lewandowski. So I think he's definitely going to open up. Is he playing tomorrow, do you know, in the Classico? Uh, I think he is. I think that's what the plan is. And just to take a step back, you said a key word, the presence. And obviously on his field uh, production, you know, we all, I think, have the same expectations. But here's one thing to think about when you bring somebody like him in here that's a perennial winner. Uh, His work ethic is off the charts, right? So so I think that leadership that he'll provide uh, to everybody else is something that they haven't seen in, in quite some time. 
and going and not to bring up not to bring up Messi, but again, he was so naturally gifted, he didn't really have to work for it, and I believe everybody else saw that. Lewandowski works harder probably than 99.9% of players out there in 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 a couple different ways. In what he does on the field, in his movement, and in what he brings to the table, but also off the field. You see, the, they already showed videos of the guy sitting there doing, you know, 50 push-ups in the middle of the pitch. He's doing, you know, lifting with weights. We've talked about it many times here uh, when I've recorded with you about, you know, this team needs to get a little bit more physically fit, and and he might be able to lead that where this team, you know, follows and says, oh, look at him. Like, I mean, this guy's going to be – you know, up there, maybe a Bellendor, you know, a runner like he always has been. This might be his year. You know, let's follow and do what he does so we can get better. So those are the unintangibles that I think that uh, he'll certainly bring to the table as well. Yeah, I think that's a good point. He's he's the adult in, in the room. I think more of an adult than I would say Busquets and maybe Alba just because of, you know, the work ethic, like you said, right? And I think there's something relatable to see that in person, right? Like you said, the, you know... I think before he came, we always knew that he was, you know, such a hard worker, not only the work rate that he does on the actual field, but also off the field, you know, to keep in shape the way he is, right? As we talked about, even though he is turning 34, he's not a typical 34-year-old, right? And so I think that's going to carry a long way. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see how he plays tomorrow, just to kind of see the first feelings, you know, because obviously in the first preseason match, there was a lot of good feelings with getting six goals, which we're going to talk about right now. So let me ask you this. Uh, were you able to catch some of the, the, the first match against Inter Miami. I watched the whole thing. Yep, I, I had to do a little hacking <laughs> uh, to watch it when it was live. <laughs> uh, and so I won't tell you how I did that. Um, but then I certainly watched it once it was posted on Barca TV. I've actually, I watched it a couple times uh, just because I've had the opportunity to turn it on when I was doing some other things. So, so yeah, I have watched it. So let me ask you this. How do you, how do you judge preseason? It doesn't matter in football, but whatever. How, what's kind of your... I don't know, your Troy Law for preseason sports. Like, how do you, what do you take into effect to not get so excited and also not be so pessimistic? Like, what's kind of your your guiding light with preseason activity? Well, I'll, t- I'll st- tell you what I don't judge it by is wins because you cannot judge a f- opening game against Inter-Miami, who is mid-tier MLS team. You know, they're building, obviously, that club. So the the, the wins... And the goals that we scored, I, that I really don't care about. What the things I'm looking at are uh, a couple things. How is the team's bodily, you know, bodily uh, reactions or expressions? And so far, it's been great. Uh, they've looked like they've had a lot of fun in training. They look like they're they're gelling together because this team. Uh, it doesn't matter the talent level that's brought in, whether it was already here or is brought in. Uh, via signings, you know, it, it has to be, it's a team game, obviously. And so is the team coming together and, and because they're going to need that, obviously, you know, throughout the year. And so far, all indications that I've seen, they, they are, they're, they're getting along well. You know, I watched it when Lewandowski came in, they were all eating everybody, you know, he went around to the table, said hi to everybody. You know, they got up, they were hugging, high-fiving or whatever. So that's obviously good. Uh, the same thing with Rafinha, uh, you know, he's, you, the the one thing in that game I saw, it looked like they had played together for quite some time. Yeah, there were some mispasses and some things that they were trying to do that uh, certainly anybody in their first or second game is going to have. But what it looked like is everybody was, uh, how do I put this? Everybody was there to make each other better. 
there was a lot of there was a lot of um, uh, you know extra passes made so other players could score. Nobody wanted to take the ball and say, "Look at me, I'm new here. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna be special." Uh, the ball was being passed around to everybody. They were doing you know fun and exciting passes, uh, and so I certainly like to see that. We'll learn a lot more after this uh, next game. Uh, um, but but so far so far so good. It's really difficult to watch preseason. Doesn't matter what sport it is, and. You know, I'm a, I'm a big sports fan, and the biggest thing I was I was listening to recently was the summer league in the NBA, and it's really difficult to get not too high and not too low, right? And that's because again, it's against the competition. You're trying to you're trying to get the positives out of it, but not overly positive. And I think for me with this first match, it's a couple things. Yeah, of course, like six goals is nothing to shy away from. I mean, that's still pretty good output. I think one of the things you just like one of the things when I was watching the highlights because I did not watch the match because was at uh, three or four o'clock in the morning here in Spain, is I forgot that Ansu Fati is really good, and it almost fe- it almost feels like it's a new player that we acquired because of the injury that he had last season, right, where he wasn't available throughout the season. So that almost feels like a new signing. Obviously, he's not, but having him and as obviously the the goal that he scored was a golazo. Just to think that he was able to do that from the top of the box again just reminds you of how talented and how special Ansu Fati is. And the other thing, too, I think, is having this competition now in all the three positions of the attacking third is really useful because you saw Memphis with that spin move that he did. He never did that all season. You know, he didn't. He does not look... Well, he didn't look as potent as he did in that first match against Inter-Miami. And I know Inter-Miami is not the best competition, but you can see now that Memphis has to definitely fight for some playing time now, especially with Lewandowski, because he's going to get the playing time. So that's going to definitely create some well-deserved competition. I think that's that's good across the whole board. So those are the things I take away from. Obviously, you know, Rapinha getting the goal. Okay, sure, fine. And everyone, you know, celebrating. Oh, look at the work rate and stuff. It's like, yeah, I know. But, like, you also have to take that Inter-Miami had just played a, a real match, and they're in the middle of their season, and they're just there. They were just happy to be there, you know? So you kind of have to take all that into to effect. My general rule, like I say, is I take between 20 25% of what I see and then try to extrapolate those things. I think those are the clear things for me. Uh, obviously, Inter Miami didn't really do much on the attacking end to really fluster anything on the on the defense. But I think it's going to be a, a true test on Saturday in Vegas because both teams are wanting to do something for their fan bases that are there, and also it's a Clasico. It doesn't matter; it's preseason; it's still a Clasico. Uh, and taking one step back, not to derail us, but you talked about that competition, and I had posted. Uh, some comments in the WhatsApp group about this. I have been watching all of the videos that I can get, you know, for their training sessions because I just enjoy watching those. But that one last training session that they had before that game, uh, it was the most intense training session that I have seen uh, in the last probably three, four, maybe even five years that I've been able to. Obviously, the exposure is a little bit more now, but you weren't able to always see that. But um, there were players and some other people posted in the WhatsApp group too, but there, I mean, they were going at it in that training. There was a couple slide tackles that I was like, oh man, like you're not supposed to be doing that in like, you know, a preseason training to your own teammates, but they were, they were going at it. There was some, some, you know, some physical defense being played. Um, and I, I, you just haven't seen that. You have not seen that. You know, usually they're just messing around and, and laughing. You know, if you if you go back two years ago in, in a preseason train like that, they're just 
out there to have a good time because really there wasn't any competition for positions whatsoever. You were set in your spot. If you're a starter, you're a starter. Uh, so you're right. So things have changed. And so it, it'll make it very interesting this year. Again, competition is really good for this team. And as we've been screaming for the last three seasons, we needed that because it just needs to push those players because I think a lot of those players were very comfortable. So, again, that's good to see. Obviously, with this new full preseason that Chavi has under his belt, we'll see what happens. And, again, uh, I'm not going to be able to watch the Classical Live because it's going to be 5 o'clock in the morning here, but uh, I will definitely watch the replay. I'm excited to see what we get out of it, you know? I mean, obviously, I want to win you know obviously i want to win but also you know this is madrid's basically first preseason match so they're not going to go i saw today in the news that a bunch of the players already had blisters you know from training because they hadn't trained uh yet you know so so we'll see what uh, madrid rolls out there but still it'll be i think it'll be a fun match especially in that stadium in vegas with you know so many people i mean we saw in the whatsapp group that laporta put the sign in vegas you know with <laughs> what happens in vegas stays in vegas sign and that's getting a lot of publicity so again uh, I think it's the environment's going to be really cool. It's sold out, obviously. It's in the new stadium there in Vegas. So, And uh, I know there's going to be a lot of support for FC Barcelona in Vegas. So it'll be a great uh, kind of preseason match to watch. So, uh, All right, Troy, let's get into some questions we have from patrons. And they kind of just go all across the board, but I think they're quite interesting this week. Let's start off with the first one from Tom. As we just talked about Lewandowski, he says, Is Benzema Lewandowski the new CR Siete and Messi? Will they be replaced by Holland and Mbappe when they go to Real Madrid and Barca, respectively? Uh, let me start off my answer first. I think this is a major coup for La Liga because now you have the two best strikers in the world, essentially, in the league. And strikers are always the sexiest thing. We always know that, right? You know, that's what that's what sells the tickets. That's what sells the league. And ultimately, you know, Barca and Madrid are the two rivals of La Liga. And I think definitely for right now, for these next two seasons, especially since they're the same age, I think... They are the new CRC at the Messi. And then will they be replaced by Holland and Mbappe? I mean, who knows? You know, this as we saw this this transfer season, we thought it was going to be pretty straightforward that Madrid was going to get at least one of them, and they got none. So who knows what happens in the future? But, yeah, I could see Holland and Mbappe definitely coming to Madrid and Barca. I mean, obviously, I would love to see Mbappe come here, but I know he's not. But uh, what do you think? What do you think about this question from Tom? Yeah, I mean, there certainly will be. I mean, yeah, I mean, we saw Benzema. As much as, you know, we don't want him to succeed, you know, he's lethal right now. And so, you know, he propelled them to to the Champions League, you know, uh, cha- uh, championship once again. So, and obviously we already talked about Lewandowski. So bringing him in uh, and all of his goals and him wanting to, he wants that Ballon d'Or. So, yeah, I mean, we're gonna certainly going to see these two go at it uh, in the league for sure. And, and like you said, it, it remains to be seen whether or not we'll ever see a Holland Mbappe in La Liga or not. Um, um, if we did, it'd be super exciting. But, um, but I'll, I'm certainly going to look forward to the Benzema-Lewandowski uh, matchups here in the next couple of years. Yeah, and, I, and I, like I said, you know, La Liga has always been lucky in the last 10 years, obviously with the CRC at the obviously carrying the league. And I think it's, you know, I think this season is going to be really interesting because, you know, when we're not playing Madrid, both strikers are going to be doing pretty well, I think, clinically trying to, you know, find each other, trying to get the Pichichi, trying to compete with each other to see who's the best of the best in La Liga, you know. All right, let's go to the next question from one of our newest patrons, uh, Tarian. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Who do you think will be the breakout star of the season, either a new signing or someone established who you may feel they have a point to prove? What do you think, Troy? 
Uh, well, we've kind of already talked about the two people that come to my mind, and uh, so I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm on that Rafinha bandwagon, you know, from when we talked about him last season when the rumors popped up, and I went and watched him, you know, a couple days, and uh, and he, you know, obviously first game in, he's, you know, he, he's worth all the money that we spent, so. Uh, I'm going to say he's going to be a breakout star because I know some people doubted, you know, why didn't he do big things at Leeds then if he was so good? So I think he'll he'll be really good. And then my number two, you already started talking about him, uh, and Ansu. So if he can stay healthy, I think he'll be fantastic. I have major doubts about whether he'll st- stay healthy or not, unfortunately. But if he can, I would, man, I really want to see what he can do in a, in a full season uh, with, the, you know, how talented he is. Yeah, and one of those doubters for Rapini is me. That <laughs> you're looking right at. Uh, you're looking right at him. I mean, obviously, I want him to succeed because ultimately, I want Barcelona to be good. But I just still have my my doubts about it. I just, you know, I am definitely one of those people. Yes, he did play at Leeds, but more importantly, just the goals and the competition he played against. That just to me, and I know you try to extrapolate. He's playing on a better team, so he's going to have better opportunities against better competition, so you try to scale that up. But again, it's never that one-to-one relationship. You're hoping for it, but we'll see what happens. And obviously, in the first match, he scored a goal, so we'll see what he does in the Classico. For me, I think the player that I want to break out even further is Pedri. I think uh, when I was talking with Craig on, on Sunday, one of the questions we got was, one of the questions we got was, can Pedri hit 10 goals and 10 assists? I think that's very, very ambitious right now. However, if he does five and five, man, that is that is a Goldilocks season for me, man. That is that is something so nice that you can hang your hat on because that is directly involved in the attack while he's doing other things in possession, right? And I think if he can do five goals and five assists this season, I think that'll put him into the ultimate category of top three midfielders in the world you know because not everyone knows his talent everyone knows what he can do but now if he can statistically start to show that with goals and assists then that just puts him on another level so i'm really hoping he can break out and especially now troy uh you've seen pictures of his guns so he's starting to fill out now you know physically and we will see if that carries on to hopefully have less injuries this season because we know that kuman basically ran him into the ground this two seasons before and, you know, and hopefully, you know, now with a little bit more depth, hopefully, uh, and Chavi using a little bit more rotation, we're not going to, you know, have these midfielders going into the ground as they did before in previous seasons. And I would agree with you as well. Ansu Fati, for me, is if he stays healthy, that's easy 10-plus goals right there, right? That's easily 10-plus goals. So I think those are the two things. Good. I was just going to say, Pedri's pretty lethal when he shoots, too. So... Uh, I just think that, you know, being a younger player, he just was a little bit shy of, you know, trying to score. But when he tr- when he tried, when he was, in, you know, super hot last season, uh, I mean, you saw what he, you know, what he could do. I mean, he has the skills. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, it could be, yeah, for him, I mean, he could he could just elevate himself even even further this year. So that's that's the exciting part, uh, part about look, looking forward to this next season. Yeah, I would definitely agree. And again, uh, Pedri, especially being the one of the youngest players on the team, I mean, the sky's the limit essentially. I mean, we're, I mean, I'm already thinking of, you know, if he can find that scoring ability, like Iniesta did in the second half of his career already, I think that's just going to help him prove to even be more of a lethal midfielder, not only for Barcelona but for Spain. So again, like you said, I think that. Hopefully, Xavi gives him more confidence and more of the green light to shoot from distance from the box, especially if Lewandowski pushes 
uh, that in front. So, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, did, were you surprised that Feathery didn't have any assists last season? Yeah, but uh, yes. But he was doing so many things on the defensive side too to make up for make up for uh, the lack of defense that we had from Frankie uh, and from other midfielders too. That uh, I think that's what he was more concerned about. You know, making sure that he was that he was you know providing pr- production in that sense versus going in and creating opportunities. But like I said, once it kind of turned and. You know, he started moving forward into the box. Then things changed, and that's when he, you know, went on his little scoring streak, and obviously was, you know, wowing the world. Um, then, if he continued to play like that, then I'm sure that he would have obviously have more opportunities for assists. So, yeah, when I when I was talking to Craig when we were looking up the stats, you know, it's one of those things where you think, I mean, he was involved in a lot of the attack, but he just didn't have a direct assist last season. So. Uh, hopefully he'll be able to pick that up uh, for this season. All right, we, last question we have is from Keegan. It's a three-parter, so we'll go through the each part. The first one, did you and Craig hug it out, make up after he told me to lie down in the last pod when I blew up? Yes. Uh, I have to honestly say that I love recording with Craig because Craig always pushes me with my football knowledge because I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that pushes my – general football trivia knowledge to the maximum every time i record with him i have to be on my toes i have my y scout open and all the things so i can back up things that i'm thinking of so yeah of course i mean i craig in that episode was great i mean we were having a great back and forth and obviously we recorded this last sunday and and i love recording with craig and hopefully we i can meet up with him soon uh in october so we'll, we'll see about that uh next question from keegan did you write down the predictions you both made in the last episode uh, it would be very fun to recap the ep- the episode next spring to see how you fared. Yes, I wrote them down. And one of the big things, you know, one of the big things, and we'll kind of go over the highlights of those questions. You know, we both had the the opposite reaction to Busquets being the minutes leader. What, what say you, Troy? Do you think Busquets is going to be the minutes leader for this upcoming season? No, I don't. I don't. I think that I think that maybe in the beginning of the year, uh, Chavi will still have him playing like he did last season. But I think as things progress in the season, I think that he will, you know, he will be subbed out. And I think that there might even be some games, you know, in the middle towards the end of the season that maybe he comes in as a sub. So, no, I, I do not think that he will be the minutes leader this year. Well, I still think he will be, unfortunately. I still think, uh, I mean, from what I already saw from Kessie in the first preseason, I don't know if you saw his heat map. It was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in my life because he basically covered the whole field. Like, there wasn't any spot that wasn't covered by him. And we haven't seen that type of motor in a, in a midfielder for Barca in a long, long time. And I just think, hopefully, logically, that Kessie will take over Busquets' minutes, and we'll see that where Busquets won't be the minutes leader. But I, I don't know, man. I just There's just like a, a hunch that I have, especially how complicated this season is, and especially if we're fighting against Madrid where we cannot let up, I think he'll just continue to go to Busquets rather than Kessie. That's just my my opinion. 
I mean, I know he can play Kessie and Busquets together, but again, I'm just saying we will see what happens at the, in the first two months of the season because I think that's really going to tell us how Chubb the midfield and how he's going to use the rotation going forward. So, Yeah, if you watch that first game, and again, I know it's the first game, but Kessier was everywhere. He was, and he did some phenomenal passing, but he was everywhere on the defensive side as well. I mean, he was box to box, uh, although they didn't go back on the defensive side too much. But uh, and so if you if you had watched that game uh, and, it, and were able to watch him for that whole entire time, the first forty five that he played, I think that maybe your mind might be you know changed as well. And that's the that's the specific reason why I say that he will not be the minutes leader because there's no way that a is going to be able to keep Kessier off the field. There's no way. Yeah. And again, I, I was trying to think of a, the last time we had a midfielder like that with that type of motor and physicality. And I'm, I'm trying to think of maybe Keita kind of, but Keita like was kind of the closer, you know what I'm saying? Like he would come in and I really liked his physicality and the way he was able to be smart on defense I guess that's the closest comparison right now that I can kind of just think of really quickly. Uh, I'm going to think about this for a little bit, uh, and I know I'm going to have the answer to later on after we, we finish recording. But that's kind of <laughs> the first, the first player. And, and again, I, you know, how I envision Busquets finishing his career is kind of like how Keita would come into the matches and finish off the games, because Busquets still has value in that with his experience. And I think if you just give him the last 15 to 20 minutes. He's going to be really, really useful, and maybe having Kessie to start those matches, you know, because that's where the physicality you exhaust the midfield, and also you bring in Busquets off the bench, fresh as a daisy. I mean, that's that's pretty potent, as opposed to the other way around, you know. That's just kind of how I would play it. Oh, I was just going to say he would bring in that late game management that you know he does now, and yeah. that's why I and that's why I said I think that as the season goes on, it'll transi- transition to him, you know, being more important in that in that late second half than you know than him starting. So. Uh, that'll be one of the things that that we'll certainly have to keep an eye on. Last question from Keegan. Will Chavi vary the team formation this season now that he's had an offseason and preseason? Uh, I hope so, just to give some flexibility and different. The only biggest difference is either having three back or four back. I think that would be the biggest variation on this uh, because I think we have the personnel to do that now. But again, everyone keeps talking about this magical preseason, Troy, and I know everyone loves saying it. I'm not one of those people because I just I, I understand preseason is very important. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, I think I've seen enough of his coaching and I'm hoping that he does this 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 formation change at times, especially in Champions League, because that's what we need to have some sort of tech tactical variance just to get an extra percentage better or a goal here and a goal there just to make the other team think. But again, I I don't I don't know if that'll happen. What do you think? Do you think he'll have some variation this season? I, I, I always get caught up on this, you know, changing the formation because, yeah, they might start with their 4-3-3, but, you know, do they stay in a 4-3-3 the whole game? You know, most of the time, no. Uh, there's players all over the place. So I always get, I always am like, why are we so caught up on what formation that the game starts as versus are, like you, you said the key word, tactical. Are we, are we being tactical in where we're putting our players. Are we putting them in the best position on the field that they can make the biggest impact on the game? And I guess as since we're, you know, Americans, we kind of, you know, grew up with that. I mean, that's how other sports uh, do it, especially the NFL. You know, they're looking for those weaknesses and how they can take advantage of them. And so that's that's my biggest thing. Will will we will Chavi do that? I don't really care about the formation. 
it, but is he putting the personnel on the field that's gonna that's gonna put Barcelona in the best position to win? That's more important to me. And I think he will. Uh, long, long, long answer. I think he will. He certainly has the depth uh, on the front side for a midfield forward to to do that. Uh, and if he doesn't, then that means that he's not as good as coaches uh, I think he is, and that a lot of people think he is. Uh, so again, that'll be something that we'll certainly have to, you know, keep an eye on. Um, you know, prior to this year, it, it'd be hard to it'd be hard to hold him accountable to that because you know when your when your bench isn't that that great and and you really can't move people around to be tactical. You know, you kind of gotta you know be stuck in that in that four three three and 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 have that personnel in the same positions on the field. You know, as you have been running. Uh, but now that excuse is out the window by far, especially on that front side. So, uh, again, I think he will. We'll we'll just see how tactical he can get. So does that guy on the on the car. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of living here in Spain, man. Honking the horns. I mean, again, I don't want to harp on this. I'm, I'm again, I'm not really fixed on the numbers, right? I'm, I'm more fixed about positioning and different pressing styles and things like that. And again, I think the next step in, in football evolution is going to be changing formations, quote unquote formations or zonal areas on the fly. And I think when that happens more often during the match, I think that is going to really where it's going to elevate coaching and separate the men from the boys, essentially from coaching. Like we, I watch that all the time. Like you said, in American sports, we watch it in American football, in basketball, the dynamic changes that happen from play to play, and I think there's a lot of value in that, especially getting easy opportunities, and that's all you're looking for, especially in a match that's level. And I, just to, to harp on this point, I mean, I was watching the Spanish, uh, the Spain and England women's Euro, and I was getting so annoyed by this coach because it was clear two things in this match: England was dominating physically. And Spain didn't have enough midfielders to hold possession. So in my eyes, at halftime, I'm making an adjustment and I'm adding another midfielder, right? Because that to me is really important to hold that thing. And there was no changes like that. And so basically the coach was saying, I'm going to ride my style to carry us to there. And they did score a goal. They were having one nothing lead with seven minutes. But I never felt confident because I knew how physical England was. And I'm not saying, you know, we... we we, we have this old way of thinking with football. It's like, you know, for example, when we talk about center backs, this guy's left-footed, right-footed. I mean, this is modern football. Players have to adapt to those things. And one of the things that Barcelona has usually had is an advantage with football IQ. And that is the thing that I don't think it's that much to give to these, these players three to four different systems where they can take an advantage. And especially in a match, let's say, you know, as much as Craig hates me trying to pump crossing balls in the last 10 minutes maybe if we just zonal press in a different way in those last 15 minutes making slight changes that's going to give us a better advantage but we have to be able to do that and so those are the things i'm looking at as like future football because the way i use i see different sports adapting i think football is kind of late on this and i know it's different because we don't have the ability to stop and coach for 10 minutes between the match. I understand that, but you can use hand signals and different things. You can prepare the, the players for this coach. Again, I just want to, again, as I always harp on Troy, I'm looking for any way to win another Champions League, right? And and as we've seen in the last 20 years, when we had the best player in the world, we only won three, So and we don't have that right now, so we have to figure out different ways, tricks, ideas, anything to get past these rounds, you know? So that's how, that's how I look at it. 
Well, and yeah, I mean, we keep talking and you hear this, this chatter, you know, within the, the Barca administration about, you know, they want to create this next, this next style of, you know, of football. You know, they want to be, you know, like we did, you know, uh, when, when Cruyff came. And so, you know, hopefully maybe that's what they're looking at. Uh, because I think that you would win a lot of games by doing that. I really do. Because as an American, and I know some people, you know, when I have asked questions to this to, of people in the past, you know, obviously that, that, you know, are from Europe or were from Barcelona or wherever. When I asked them these questions, they just looked at me like, you know, I was, you know, a silly American, you know, asking these questions. But I've asked those questions. Why, why aren't you guys doing things on the field in a little bit more of a structured manner? Versus just a freestyle all the time and and hoping that, you know, what you're doing, the players that you have on the field can get the job done, you know, not, and I'm not talking about that they have to do set plays where you're, you know, somebody's bringing the ball on the pitch, you know, and you're, you're holding up a number on your finger and then they're running to these set plays, but there are things that you could be doing where if you see a weakness, you're setting yourselves up to attack that weakness and you just don't see it. You don't see it that often. You certainly don't see it from Barcelona, and and I don't really pay that much attention if it's happening from from uh, other clubs um, outside of a general weakness, you know, that we've had, you know, in those big games on the defensive side. But I think that, that you know, on those big games that we lost, those other teams have just done what they've done best, and it just you know killed us for it. But so I would like to see that. I would like to see a little bit of that. You know, if is it overloading a side of the field? Is it you know, is it, yeah. you know, is it structured runs where they're pulling defenders? You know, especially when we're playing against this low this low block, I'm like, this is the exact time to have some kind of structure to what you're doing to, you know, to create some opportunities, to create some holes in that, in that low block uh, so we can have better scoring opportunities. So it, it would be neat to see. I don't have high expectations that there's going to be, you know, yeah. high level, you know, tactical decisions being made, but it'd be nice to see some where you're, like you said, taking advantage of the situations and putting us in the best position to win these games. So hopefully I'll keep my fingers crossed on that one. Yeah, I'll just finish off with this. One of my favorite goals all time is the 1998 World Cup, Argentina against England. Argentina's setup for the free kick is one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. And I remember watching that live. I was like, you can do that? And I just like, it blew my mind, right? When I was a kid, I was like, you can do that? Like that doesn't, and that to me is like, you know, in these one match events, that's all I care about is advancing in Champions League. I don't like to me, the style in Champions League, I do not care. I want to win and advance. And so those are the things that I think goals are left on the table. Goals are really hard to score in these vital, tough matches where everyone is focused. The defense is really tough. The ball is not going your way. You have to find these one or two percent moments in the match throughout the match to give you some sort of advantage to get those goals and advance. Because again, as we've seen with the best coach we've ever had, with the best player in the world that we've ever had, right? We've only won three Champions League and that's because everything went right for us in that run. And then all the other times, all these little things, you know, so I don't want to keep harping on it, but I, you know, I know it's not going to happen. I can dream, I can wish, but again, I really hope we just see some more tactical flexibility, whether that's formation, zonal pressing, uh, dead ball stuff. Like I just need to see all those things a little bit more. That's, that's all I'm, I'm asking for. So that's my, my wish list for 2022. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions we have for today. Uh, Troy, thanks for joining me on such short notice. I'm going to go finish this and sit in front of my air conditioning 
uh, because it is sweltering here. I, I'm, I'm headed to France uh, on Monday, and I cannot wait where it's going to be 22 degrees, so I cannot wait. So, Troy, thanks for joining me. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.